You're listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast with your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is episode number eight. Hi, beautiful people. It's your host, Letitia here, and welcome to episode number eight on the Create a Life That is Beautiful podcast, a podcast designed to inspire, empower, and support you on the journey of uncovering your truth and purpose in the world. Today, our guest is personal brand photographer and marketing guru, Haley Richardson. Haley helps her clients, who tend to be creative women in business, express their authentic self through photography in the perfect way to attract their ideal clients. She has a fabulous ability to capture the essence of a person and is fantastic for us coaches because she covers all the bases with experience in running a business, marketing, and both health and blog coaching. But like many of the stories I've shared so far, Haley didn't begin her career in photography or marketing. She actually began her career in graphic design and then simply through following her interests, she has taken a number of twists and turns or pivots, which you'll hear us talking about, through working for a corporate in business and brand identity, to health coaching, and finally leading her to the position she is now in today of being a personal brand photographer and having a beautiful basis on which to support creatives in business in particular. Haley is now based in Sydney, so for any of my Aussies who need some really special brand photography done, you'll have to check out her work, but I had the luxury of getting to meet Haley in London via Instagram, no less. (laughs) That's right, you can make amazing connections via Instagram, and we quickly realized we had a lot in common, including both being from Sydney, running a small business, moving to London within a few months of each other, and each launching a podcast in the exact same month. So many synchronicities, and I'm so pleased to have connected with Haley. This episode is full of amazing, inspiring messages and is also perfect particularly for anyone who might be struggling to see how what you are doing now might be relevant to where you will end up and to give you that inspiration to follow your inspiration and release control of needing to know where you are going to end up. This episode is also perfect for our entrepreneurs or solopreneurs who might be wondering how they can attract the people they really want to connect with in their life. In this episode, we discuss Haley's journey from graphic design through to business, brand identity and marketing, health coaching and photography, the importance of getting to know yourself and following what lights you up, how an overseas trip or move might shape your journey and help you to find yourself color psychology and how that can help you as a business owner with your website, what you wear and your photography. Haley's advice for someone feeling disconnected when it comes to what their purpose might be and the power of creative hobbies and finding like-minded friends. Haley's favorite rituals and what's in store for Haley in 2018. So before we dive in, I have a quick favor to ask of you. If this episode has been valuable to you in any way, 
please could you support me by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes or wherever else you are listening to this. It's most helpful if you can leave the review on iTunes, but I just love it if you could do that. And if you want to find out more about working with me on a one-to-one basis to help you find alignment with your purpose and fulfillment, then please check out my coaching page and get in touch to let me know how I can help. So by the time this episode airs, it will be the 1st of March and I will have gone skiing for my first time as an adult. (laughs) Please wish me luck. Uh, Also, if anyone wants to sign up for my weekly newsletter, providing you with inspiration, resources and actions to help you align with what truly lights you up and create that life that you love, enjoy and are inspired by, then please head over to my website at www.letitiaringe.com forward slash subscribe. I would love, love, love to welcome you and please make sure you drop me an email to tell me a little about yourself. I really love connecting with people and I think it's just one of the best things in the world. So I really do love hearing from you and it also allows me to understand what support you might need on this podcast. Okay, guys, let's dive into the episode with Haley Richardson. Welcome, Haley, to the Create a Life That is Beautiful podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Letitia. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here today. So first up, Hayley, would you be able to let our wonderful listeners know a little about who you are and what you are creating in the world today? Yeah, sure. So um, I am a personal brand photographer and uh, currently I'm based in London, although I am about to move back home to Sydney, Australia. And I basically um, help women in business um, express themselves, I guess, authentically through photography so that they can attract the right uh, people to work with them. And um, one of my real fascinations in the work that I do, which is kind of recent um, addition, is working with colour psychology. I love really helping people kind of unlock their brand messages and finding colours that um, are relevant and help support their messages and also colours that enhance, I guess, the natural beauty of my clients as well in their photographs. Oh, that's so cool. And uh, your photographs are gorgeous. I love them. And you do have such uh, just an amazing ability to really capture that person's essence of at least the ones I've seen. They're so gorgeous. I love them. So, but tell us, I'll come back to this color psychology because that is a super interesting topic. Um, But tell us, how did you get started even in this space? Like, was it something that you knew you wanted to do right out of school or how did you begin? Yeah. Okay. So I am, I guess my story is quite an interesting one. It's certainly not um, polished, so I won't be telling you this, you know, amazing story where I come out triumphant or anything like that yet. (laughs) Um, I'm still kind of, you know, really working my way through uh, my passions and I feel like right now I really am on kind of the precipice of finding, you know, a true combination of everything that I really love. But I think it makes sense to take um, everything back to my university days Um, and or even, I guess, back to the end of high school. And I think back at the end of high school, um, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, My parents always told me that they thought I would be a good graphic designer. And so that was something that I 
always kind of had in the back of my mind and I was also really interested in interior styling and that to be honest was probably my one of my bigger dreams um, to be an interior stylist but uh, I think back at school you know I I was quite low in self-confidence and never really thought that that was something I would be able to do and so I kind of while I was looking for university options um, I did look into some interior design courses but couldn't find one that was sort of the right fit and then kind of pushed that, I guess, to the side a little bit. And I ended up enrolling in a visual communications course, which is essentially graphic design. Um, And I did that for 18 months at university. And it was really, really interesting. I learned a lot, which has actually been very, very useful in my business journey as well. Like I learned how to use Photoshop, um, Adobe InDesign and Illustrator. So they're all really, really handy tools to have as a business owner, that's for sure. Um, But as I was going on in the course, I really kind of started to feel like graphic design probably wasn't the right career path for me. Um, And I found that I was you know, very much drawn to more of the subjects that were design history based and subjects where I could write essays. I really loved writing. Um, So I kind of, I went on a trip to Europe um, about 18 months into my degree. And it was on that trip that I kind of, it gave me a lot of clarity. And I sort of thought, okay, I don't want to be a graphic designer. And I don't think that this is the right course for me. Like I I was struggling to, you know, create design work that I felt really proud of and inspired by. Um, And, you know, looking back now, I just know that it it was basically, I feel like I just didn't have enough life experience to draw on to create something that I felt really um, proud of and inspired by. So, after that, I switched into a business degree and ended up finishing um, finishing that. And while I was doing my degree, I also managed to get an internship at IBM, um, firstly in um, a sales team. And I quickly, after six months, moved across to internal communications where I worked for, uh, I think, 18 months. Um And so I was working there full time while I was finishing off my degree. And then in my graduate year, I um, got a role in the brand team, which is also, I think, quite relevant now to what I'm doing. So I was basically um, what people would call either the brand police or um, what was officially called brand quality and assurance. And what that meant was that I had to be really um, on top of IBM's brand uh, identity and their brand identity guidelines, which was an amazing role to be in because IBM, you know, is such um, an amazing company and they have such a really, really rich history. Um, You know, they have a very inspiring brand and a very, very well thoughtful, I guess, very well thought and well put together brand identity. So it was really a real privilege to be able to be in that particular role. And I learned a lot about, um, you know, the elements of what makes up a brand and the fact that branding isn't just about a logo and a color palette, um, but it is about those elements plus photography, plus, um, you know, the character and the tone of voice and even the, I guess, the mindset of a brand. So that was really, really fascinating. Um, However, I got to the end of that um, role and kind of felt like corporate life really wasn't for me. Um, Halfway through, I think, my year working in brand identity there, I 
started to um, get into health a lot. I was, I was, um, I guess, transforming my health. I had some health issues. And um, so I was really, really digging deep to try and find out what I could about health and how I could transform my own health. And I ended up enrolling in um, a health coaching program through IIN. And I, I almost on a whim, I guess, I kind of decided um, that I didn't want to work in my corporate job anymore and I wanted to run a business. So I I quit and I had a blog at that point and I started um, a health coaching business and I coached people um, for probably, let me think, probably a, a little over a year in that realm. Um, but as I was going along, I really started to realize that the health aspect, I think I was really more interested in like just getting my own healthy lifestyle together. And I would often find that the clients that I had, I really enjoyed working with the ones who also wanted to have a blog and who were interested in, you know, running their own businesses. They were the conversations that I really got excited about and I wanted to talk more about with my clients. So that was a pretty clear indication that I think, you know, business and marketing was still something that was really relevant to me and my career path. And so I started um, taking on blog coaching clients instead and transitioned out of health coaching. Um, And so that was kind of what I did for a few years. And we, so I moved over to London in 2015 um, and I had a little bit of a break while I was moving um, in my my business and went back and got a, um, a full-time job when we first moved over. And what, um, just trying to think, sorry, what was I doing? So, um, about a year after that, I, I started to get some pretty bad anxiety and I had taken up photography as a bit of a hobby. Um, I went, uh, on a holiday and was, um, just blown away like by how much I loved taking photos of people. So I was away with my boyfriend at the time and his parents and we were, um, yeah, just playing around some castle ruins and I was taking photos of them all. And I just really loved the feeling of, you know, making them laugh in front of the camera. Um, and I was really lucky that at that particular moment, we just had this perfect mix of like magic light. Um, my boyfriend had, set up the camera perfectly in manual mode, which was something that I had never really understood, even though I'd always loved photography. I didn't think I could do it because I didn't understand how to use a camera. Um, and kind of from that point forward, I I really just fell in love with it. And I started to ask a lot of my friends who in London all happened to be in um, in their own businesses. That was kind of the the kind of people that I, I met when I moved over here. Um, I, yeah, I basically started taking photos of all of them for their websites because I knew that they would be willing candidates to have their photos taken. And um, from there, I kind of thought, okay, I think I'm going to introduce this as a service in my business because it makes sense to have, um, I guess, something that I really love creatively, like photography, and to be able to draw on my background in brand um, and business. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I got to the point where I am now. So I've been doing that for about 18 months now and really, really loving it. 
That's awesome. I, you know what I love about your story? You've really just uh, followed one interest until you've been like, okay, I want something else. And then you've just really quickly pivoted and followed that new interest. And then to at the end of it, you can see how they all tie into each other and how one has helped you for the next or for somewhere down the track. So nothing is a waste. It's all just building upon that experience. And I think that's really beautiful. The uh, It's a really great example of the power of pivoting when um, you when you when you get inspired to take another course of action. Would you have you thought about that before the the role of pivoting in your own story? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say that to be honest, it's been quite a. I think all of, all of the pivoting that I've done has made my journey a bit slower, a little bit messier. I mean, I think a lot of people probably experience the same things, um, but. Yeah, for me, it really has just been a necessary journey. I think that it's really just been, it's been coinciding, I guess, with me doing a lot of, um, not research, that's not the right word, but just a lot of um, diving into, I guess, who I am and, and really getting to know myself and finding what really lights me up along the way. You know, I started out thinking that what I wanted was one thing, but as I've gone along and picked up little pieces along the way, um, I'm becoming a lot more clear now on what exactly it is that I really truly love to do. And I, I wouldn't, I don't regret, you know, having had this kind of long and winding path in business because I think everything that I've done is necessary and has been necessary to get me to exactly where I am right now. There are a lot of skills that I've learned that I probably wouldn't have if I hadn't taken the path that I'd had. Um, but yeah, I think now that I'm kind of at this point, I feel like I can finally say with certainty that I think I'm, I'm pretty on the money in terms of like doing what really makes me happy. And, you know, it doesn't mean that things won't change in the future either, but I think that they'll probably stay a lot more the same with, you know, bits and pieces on the outside coming in to kind of just add to what I do. Yes. Yeah. Another tool in your tool belt. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I really, I really love, um, yeah, that the when we when we leave school, I mean, there's just no way to know who we really are. So it's really an impossible. Well, for some people, they have that you know one passion, and they're like, you know, this is what I want to do, and maybe they it won't change. But I I would argue that that's the exception, not the rule. Mm. And um, so you just we all need time to get to know what we even like doing and that involves learning about it and practicing it because uh, I mean we all know that what you learn when you study something is very can can be very different in practice so it's both the learning and the practice which is necessary but that's really interesting if you looked at yourself um if if you compare where you thought you'd be you know when you first started maybe the vision you had for yourself leaving school and then where you are now, I bet you'd be, if you had have um, not followed that, um, you know, the uncertain path and kept following just in the moment what that uh, inspiration was, you would have limited yourself in a lot of ways um, and you definitely wouldn't have ended up where you are today, which I, I think is just a, you've got a really clear idea about who you're serving, the work that you enjoy and that's something that many people uh, would love to have as well. 
Yeah, 100%. You're so right. You know, looking back 10, well, I guess it's almost 11 years now since I left school, if I could see myself where I am right now, I don't think that I would have ever imagined that this is what I would where I would be but I think mostly just because I often joke that my career is just completely made up because it is so I think looking back I wouldn't have I wouldn't have known where I was going to be because I didn't know that this even existed or that it could exist that it was a possibility and I think it's really important for people to not put too much pressure on themselves to find their passion um, in air quotes because you know if if you are a creative person a lot of people who are I mean everyone's creative do creative work quite often the work isn't a, a clear and um, obvious path it, it is something that you probably will end up making up yourself and pulling in different aspects of yourself so you know some people and it used to um, freak me out a lot that I had most of my friends um, from school became teachers and they always knew most of them always knew that they wanted to be a teacher and I used to think oh, okay maybe I should be a teacher because my mum is a teacher, all of my friends were a teacher, <laughs> I enjoy teaching people like skills and, and things like that. But I knew deep down that was never really the right thing for me. Um, you know, there was always something that was holding me back and it's probably the fact that, you know, I'm an introvert and there's probably nothing worse in my mind than spending all day every day with a classroom full of children as much as I love kids and I could happily teach kids I'd prefer to probably have a class of about five max so <laughs> you know I think you know that caused a lot of anxiety for me back in the day to kind of just feel like I had to have this defined path um and you know if I had if I had, if I had had a clear career or vocation um, that was traditional, maybe things would have been easier, but um, I didn't. And, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that I am now where I am. Yeah, well, I love that you mentioned the teaching because actually mm. what you're doing, what, what you have been doing in many of your roles has been teaching. Uh, yeah. It's just not as a teacher in a school. And, um, yeah. that's the thing. Like we, um, I think around our age as well, I mean, I have, I, I don't know what it's like for, um, younger <laughs> generations, like the options that they get, but, um, with technology changing so rapidly and all of that, but at least when I was in school, the traditional options like teacher, accountant, lawyer, doctor, you know, all, all of mm. that, or if you wanted to be creative, you know, graphic design that it's, um, they, there were these distinct professions, but what we don't think about is the actual skills that we have, that we have naturally and that we want to use. And so that's just a great example of how someone who thought, okay, I think I'd be a great teacher, maybe a class based, uh, school uh, system wouldn't work for me but what other options are there for me to teach and yeah I think that's just such a an amazing way to look at things uh, because we really do limit ourselves by thinking okay I've got to go into this box that's already been created rather than as you say you know making up your own story and path yeah absolutely I really am an advocate for you know, strengths-based work and really digging into understanding what your innate strengths are and then looking at where that might be able to take you because I think there's so much power in knowing what you're really good at. Um, but it's not something that we 
I think are very often encouraged to do uh, from what I remember even you know back at school I think we might have done a couple of quizzes or something like that um, but it was never something that we're really encouraged to explore deeply and um, you know I think that there's just so much great information that we can uncover about ourselves when we really do look at that I was doing it with a client just yesterday we were looking at you know she was at a stage in her business where she was finding that you know some of the work that she was doing wasn't really lighting her up anymore and you know she was looking at possibly exploring different options and we kind of thought well <clears throat> we sat down and said okay well, what are your actual strengths and she wrote them all down and actually she discovered that her strengths really are aligned to a lot of the work that she was doing right now but there were other parts of what she was doing that weren't so much um, in, in relation to her strengths. So what we realized was actually she doesn't need to go and have a whole career change or anything like that. She probably just needs to get more clear on the kind of clients that she is ideally suited to and start to communicate that a little bit better um, and, you know, be able to do more of more of the work that she really loves. So, yeah, yeah I think that there's so much gold in that. That's, that's, yeah, that's a really great point. Uh, yeah. Often we think we've got to do everything as well in a particular way. And it could just be little tweaks that we need to change that would really relieve that stress that we have <laughs> or that, you know, feeling of dis-ease, which, um, you know, is it could just be something really simple. I mean, for some people, it could even be like how they work. Maybe people don't like working in an office and they want to work more flexible. Uh, so yeah, that it can make a huge difference. It might not be that, okay, I've got to leave my job and this career because everything's terrible. Or, or it could even be, I need to move to a different employer who works in a different way. Yeah. So yeah, yeah or upskill or yeah, find something more interesting like that you, or a little passion project that you can take on on the side. It doesn't always, yeah, mean a complete change. Exactly, sure. totally. And so on you've had um two like overseas moves um on your journey and or well you did it one was a trip and one was an actual move. Did, how have you felt that those um overseas trips have like shaped your uh, own sort of I, a brand identity? Oh, that's such a good question. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to think about that a little bit. <laughs> so <clears throat> going back, I think my, my first trip was um, nearly 10 years ago now, so, or nine years ago. And that one, I guess, shaped me in the sense that it really opened my eyes up to <laughs> the world out there. <laughs> um, I remember, actually, I don't remember this, but I remember when I was move, actually moving to London, one of my friends that I went on this first trip with said to me, you know, you, one of the things that you said when we first landed in London over and over again was, oh, I could live here. Oh, I could live here. So <laughs> I don't really remember that, but apparently I did. So I think, you know, even just having that first little trip might have planted a bit of a seed that London was a, a cool place to to be um and I I fell in love with Paris as well um on that first trip and um I still love Paris I think today it's one of my favorite favorite places in the world and <clears throat> I think that that really has 
um, in a way, I feel like that has shaped me a little bit, even just I've only been to Paris twice, um, but I really just feel so inspired creatively when I'm there. I just love its beauty and um, its grace. And I think that, you know, that that is actually something that I really aspire to bring into my, my brand. You know, beauty is something that I'm really, really naturally drawn to. I think I'm very strong visual person and I love visuals which makes sense I guess to be in the field and and the work that I'm in um and so I feel like that has really influenced a lot of my work and I really um you know had I been staying in London longer I really would have loved to have um spent a little bit more time in Paris and doing some photo shoots there and bringing that kind of European feel to a lot of my work. And I have no doubt that I'm definitely going to be back in Paris one day um, for, you know, work and holiday. So I know that 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 sense, in that sense, travel has really opened my eyes. And, um, you know, I think that it's also really, it's helped me kind of develop a sense of independence and my own sort of personal style as well. Um, I find that, you know, being in different places really helps you to just see other ways of being and living. And, you know, when you live, um, you know, your whole life in one place, particularly, you know, where, where I'm from in Sydney, um, it has, I think Sydney has its very own strong identity um which is all about you know or the part that I'm from anyway it's all about surf culture and you know um (laughs) being a um a beachy person and I love the beach and I'm so excited to be going back to you know the beach and spending time there every day but I wouldn't really class myself as a beach bum or a beachy person um and so I really kind of always felt that I kind of struggled to fit in I guess in that sense like I just really didn't feel like that kind of identity was me um so I'm really excited I guess to be going back now having been over here for a few years and feeling like I've developed a lot as a person through my experiences with travel and and seeing the world um and just being able to you know still be my own person but to exist you know, happily in, in my little beachy, beachy town. So yeah, I think, I don't know if that kind of it answers does. your question, but yeah, that's kind of, I, I really feel like the, the travel and being overseas has influenced, um, just my, my sense of self and independence a lot and, and just gives a lot of inspiration as well. Yeah. Well, the reason I asked that question is just because I think that, um, an overseas, at least a trip, but a move if you can, is just so helpful in figuring out or finding your sense of self or really just defining what you're, who you are. Uh, because mm. even if you think you've got a really strong sense of self, um, you, there is so much that we take for granted about that comes from our family, our friends, and of course, the city that we live in or wherever it is that we live. And moving overseas, it's 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 amazing because you just feel like, oh, okay, everything looks so normal. It's like I'm I'm in the same place. You know, this could be another place in Australia. Is what I felt when I first moved to London. But then you start picking up on the little nuances and the just the, those little cultural differences um, and in the belief systems that people have. And it's uh, and yeah, and also in the way like architecturally, you know, there's so much contrast and it's really just amazing to be able to take that with you uh, back 
back home if you do choose to move or maybe you decide you want to move somewhere else and yeah I just think it's such a wonderful catalyst for that change and transformation and um, exploration of yourself so that's why I just wanted to ask you about those two so thank you for um, sharing about the overseas trips how did you move into the the color psychology Mm, yeah good question um so it was something that I did study a little bit when I was at uni doing the vis- viscom um, degree, but it's something I picked up again recently. Um, so it started when I had a client called Kerry, who is lovely over here. She was a photography client and she was telling me about how she had had her colors done, which is basically when you go to a color analyst um, or a color consultant, usually they're a stylist, but you know, someone who's a color analyst can work in lots of different fields. So they can work as an interior designer or, um, you know, any kind of creative or visual field. Um, And so she was telling me how she'd had her colors done and this was what helped her to pick her outfits. And she always wears um, clothing that belongs within her palette, which was a winter. And so she has this little uh, book that has her fabric samples of colors that really work well. And she takes that with her whenever she goes shopping to kind of help her choose items of clothing that suit and enhance her complexion, which is what it's all about in that sense. So I was really intrigued by that and, um, you know, did a little bit more research on it. Um, And then more recently, um, another client of mine, um, actually, no, this wasn't a client. Um, This was uh, one of my course students. Um, We were chatting and she was telling me, um, like, we might be doing some brand work together. And she was telling me about this book that she had read called How to Style Your Brand by a woman named Fiona Humberstone. And she's based in in England. She's um, she goes by the name of the brand stylist. So her website is the brand stylist, think.com and her Instagram is also the brand stylist. I think there's an underscore in there somewhere, but I can't remember where. So mm-hmm. she's a really, really great resource. But this book was super fascinating because it also um, talked about color psychology and the seasonal palettes. So summer, autumn, winter um, and spring or archetypes. But she applies them to brands in terms of a brand identity framework so she's a I think she's a graphic designer by trade Um, and so she uses this framework to help develop her clients brand identities in terms of you know design and style um, and character and so I found that book really fascinating as well and that led me on to reading um, a couple more books one was by a woman named I think Angela Wright is her name and she wrote a book I think in the 1980s all about color psychology and this is where I think a lot of today's work has kind of in color psychology is really originating from. Um, I mean, she she didn't kind of come up with the concept necessarily, but she she's drawn on um, work of a couple of um, designers back from the Bauhaus movement. Um, back, I think that was back in the sixties, um, the Bauhaus school. Um, and so I was reading her book, and she was talking about the seasonal archetypes and how it kind of your seasonal palette also tends to relate to your personality a lot, and um, and then a couple of other books that were, um, you know, more style based. So I kind of was reading all of these books and kind of realizing how much 
color psychology can be applied to everything in our life. So it can it can sort of strongly tend to influence or not influence but indicate what our personality is going to be like. It's going to strongly influence the colors that we can wear that are going to suit us the most. Um, but then also from a brand perspective, it can also help us to create a framework for our brand identity so that we are putting out a more cohesive and strong um message to our customers and clients um, that helps you know strengthen the perception of our business and I just realized how well and how harmoniously all of these aspects worked together Um, and I guess yeah being in a field where I work with people visually and I'm photographing them and they quite often have a lot of questions about style and what should I wear in my photographs but then also working in brand identity and helping people with their brand identities it just made so much sense to me and to be able to combine all of that together, I feel like is just something that can really hugely add value to my clients and their experience in having portraits taken with me um, because I can both help them, you know, find colors that are going to work for them um, in, and their complexions. I can help them choose colors that are going to help support the message that their brand is going to, that their brand um is about and then I can also help them um, on another level in terms of actually looking more closely at their brand identity and shaping that if they don't already have an existing kind of structure um, and brand identity guidelines so yeah that's kind of where it's all led me and I just feel so um, excited about it all because it's just so I it's just completely fascinating this literally feels like the culmination of everything that I'm so interested in like brand um, archetypes and and visuals so yeah that's kind of to put a long story short (laughs) no that's it's so fascinating and I just I can just I imagine so many of your clients would just find this so useful because um, we hear a lot about how as a business owner you need to um, decide what your color palette is and uh, just speaking from my own experience, I found that really difficult because um, I love like all colors, <laughs> like so yeah, many. Yeah. And I and I imagine that many other people would find it really difficult uh, also to pick, you know, what most represents their personality and also what what suits their complexion and um, and what those colors mean. Uh, it's it's so mm. amazing. And I mean, within each color, there's so many different shades and that's how you have the different seasonal tones. And it's that's mm-hmm. a fantastic subject. So uh, yeah, I can see that you would be out adding so much value there to your clients. So thank you for taking that direction. <laughs> I can't, I, I'm very eager to keep um, following your journey, um, especially on this color psychology um, chapter. So I love that. It is really just like, it's a, it's another chapter of your business, you know, and you, and you just delve into that and then that's going to lead you somewhere else. And, um, yeah, you're just forever evolving as a person, which, um, we all are. Otherwise that's when we start to feel unfulfilled. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So Hayley, is there any advice that you would give to your younger self? And I don't mean, you know, you want to do things completely differently. Just is there mm. anything from today, Haley today, <laughs> sitting across to me that she would say to her younger, more her younger self? Good question. Um, it's funny. I was listening to I think either a podcast or I read something yesterday or the day before, 
and it was somebody talking about this exact question and they were saying they they said that they wouldn't say anything to their younger self purely because if they did it might change where they are right now and it's kind of you know that whole sliding doors notion um you know if if they changed one little thing it could have put them on a completely different path and i guess you know you're always going to end up where you're meant to be um but I guess for me, I probably also would have to agree that there's not really too much that I would say in terms of advice to my younger self purely because I think, you know, my journey has been exactly what it has needed to be to get me to, you know, where I am now and where I'm going in the future. Um, I mean, that said, though, I guess if I could just have like a nice little bit of friendly advice for myself um, 10 years ago, it would be don't rush things, just let things happen as they're meant to um, and enjoy yourself more and um, just don't worry because everything will work out, you know, it doesn't always go, things don't always go to plan, but you know, you'll get to where you you need to be and it will be perfect as it is. So, yeah, I think that that's probably what I would say. That is beautiful. I love that. And actually, the, that question, the reason I love to ask it is um, not to regret anything or to change anything at all. Um, we can't do that. There's no point uh, even spending any time on that. But it's really nice to look at what wisdom you have that you could give your younger self that might be in the form of, you know, you don't need to worry or you just follow, keep keep following what interests you and um, you're going to be end up exactly where you need to be. And I think there's just so much comfort in realizing that like as yourself today, that that would be the advice that you give yourself. It's actually a really beautiful position to be to be in, um, in my opinion. And yeah, um, no, I agree. <laughs> and Haley, um, so if one of our listeners, uh, who is out there today is thinking, okay, I really feel this deep desire to discover what it is that I should create in this world in terms of my work. Um, uh, but I just have no idea where to even get started? Is there any advice that you would give them? Mm, really great question. So <clears throat> I think that, to be honest, if if someone's feeling like a little bit stuck and unfulfilled in their life, it's probably always really great to start just by going inward a bit and not even looking necessarily for answers in terms of what you know, what they want to fix on the outside, like, you know, what whether they want to change career or something like that, or I don't know, change another aspect of their life, um, you know, making big life decisions like moving overseas or something like that. I mean, that can always help. But I think that probably really helps to just start to do um, a little bit of work around figuring out who you are as a person, what makes you happy, um, what you feel is not working right now that is keeping you feeling like in in the position that you're feeling where things might be feeling either stuck or just a little bit boring or not exciting enough or just inauthentic to you. Um, so journaling, I think, 
like practically is always a great way to start to explore that and just by doing like stream of consciousness journaling really just putting pen to paper and and writing whatever comes to mind even if it's sort of just like starting off by saying I'm writing down on a piece of paper you know often Mm -hmm. people kind of say things like I don't know how to start journaling what do I say you just write whatever comes to mind and eventually you know some thoughts will pop into your head and you write them down as well so I think that that is probably one of the best places to start and you know I also think that taking up creative hobbies is also a really great way for people to kind of explore um, other aspects of themselves and and find you know passions that that they enjoy so whether that be you know picking up some crochet needles or picking up a camera or getting some paint brushes and doing some painting or um maybe maybe it's more like an exercise based thing like joining a running club or a yoga studio or something like that kind of just finding something that you feel like is just for yourself um and you know maybe little by little adding bits and pieces to your life like that I think that that's always a really great place to start yeah absolutely I love both of those suggestions um and the with the journaling uh, I can just say on my own journey I have found that to be so helpful whenever I am stuck or have an issue I seem to fix it just by journaling and I had so much resistance to it for so many years I just refused to write and um but then when I would I'd feel great and then I still would resist it but it's something that I try on um you know a good day so to incorporate into my day every day and yeah so I can definitely vouch for that and as for creative hobbies I think that's also such a a, an excellent uh, recommendation because when you're doing something that you enjoy that elevates your vibe and if you're even doing something maybe in your work or your home life and you're not enjoying it having those creative outlets that you do enjoy and are bringing fun and pleasure into your life will really um, elevate your vibe and trickle into other areas of your life. So that's what you want because yeah. um, you start to get more clarity, I would um, argue. And yeah, yeah so are there, um, I'm really interested to know outside of, you know, business and your brand, what inspires you? Hmm, good question. Um, I often, to be honest, I often have trouble thinking about things like this because I I really do often feel like I'm such a um business oriented person as in like that is kind of my fascination I think as well as I don't know I just always feel like it's such such a big part of who I am I'm always the person who loves to talk to my business friends about business and I often apologize to them saying I'm so sorry like I've just spent all this time talking about business rather than life stuff necessarily but it's just because I genuinely really enjoy business and um so but outside of outside of business so I would say travel is definitely a big part of um what I find inspiring I really really love Europe um and I'm I'm really grateful to have been here for the last few years in Europe because I just find you know the beauty of 
the old architecture and as I said earlier particularly Paris is just so inspiring to me I love you know beautiful sandstone and I love you know the English countryside and all of the beautiful old houses that you see along the way um so that's something that always makes me feel happy and inspired um I really love yoga and you know, to be honest, I haven't done too much of it since I've been in London, but it's one of the things that I'm just so excited to get back to when I get back to Sydney, going back to my old yoga studio, because I I just have such vivid memories of walking, you know, along Manly Corso after a class, feeling just completely blissed out and just so happy um, with life. So that is something that really makes me happy. Um, I also have to say, I not that I didn't have this kind of feeling when I was back home but I think being away from home has given me a huge appreciation for my family and my um, close friend network um, or actually all of my friends to be honest in my life just the people in my life who I know are there for me all the time and you know whether that be people who who have been you know friends since birth and or you know people who are newer friends I just I really feel like being away from home for such a long time has just given me um, perspective on how important those people are in my life and it's something that I'll never take for granted again and and it, it just inspires me, I guess. Friendship inspires me um, and just how amazing people can be. Um, so that is something that inspires me. My dog inspires me. Um, my little puppy, she always makes me so happy. Um, and just, you know, anything that's beautiful, flowers when I'm out walking, beautiful, big, gorgeous flowers, um, candles, anything a bit hygge, I love, <laughs> mm-hmm. I love cozy feelings. Um, so yeah, I think to be honest, it's like just the little things and the beautiful things in life that make me feel inspired. I'm a true INFP and idealist, I think, and just love anything a little bit romantic and yeah, and gorgeous. So <laughs> oh, and the beach. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, the beach, of course, of course. Sorry, it's kind of like not at the top of my mind right now, having lived, you know, far, far, far away from a beach for so long. I know. Yeah. Well, that's also <laughs> something that you appreciate more, not having it <laughs> so readily available. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, I, I love all of that. I we yeah, as I was just saying, we've got so much in common. Like, there's just so many things I've been writing down during our conversation. Like, oh, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's always yeah. like that connection. You know, meeting people who have the similar interests. Yeah. It's just so awesome. It was like the best yeah. thing ever. I can't recommend um, it enough to anyone listening out there who feels like they don't have people in their life who are interested in the same things that they are honestly there is no excuse anymore with social media you can find people Mm -hmm. and it's really easy to meet people online and then develop um, potentially in-person connections so yeah Yeah. really um, it's so Mm -hmm. important and so my um, second last question for you is do you have any rituals that you use? Um, Because I think some of our listeners will be really interested to know what sort of rituals people have, if any. Uh, You know, it's always something that I have in my mind that I want to get better at having rituals (laughs) because I don't think I'm very good at 
upholding habits, but um, (laughs) (laughs) so I guess I'm a little stuck on that, but I think, you know, things that I do like to do that make me feel good um, would be having a little face mask um, and doing something like that, like a little bit of self-care like that, or lighting the candles in the living room um, at night, or um, I have, you know, frankincense and sage, and I will say I don't do them that often. It's not a daily thing for me, like probably not even a weekly thing, to be honest, but I have them there and I should do them more because it always makes me feel like quite you know, just happy. And it feels like a bit of a reset, I guess, whenever I kind of go about doing a little frankincense and sage ritual for clearing. Um, so there are a couple of rituals that I, I love, I think a little, a healthy, a couple of healthy rituals that I have, um, that I think are really great for helping with sleep. Um, I always like to put my phone out of my room at night so that I don't use it first thing in the morning because I know even if I have it in my room and I say I'm not going to use it in the morning, I do. So, um, you know, having that outside and I think also having a nonfiction book, this is something I've introduced recently, but having a nonfiction book next to the bed just to read a chapter before going to sleep always seems to help me unwind and sleep a lot better than you know, perhaps going to bed after being on my phone for a while or going to bed after if I've been working late, um, you know, I never sleep well if I just go straight from the computer to bed. So just things that sort of promote rest and relaxation um, are are really great rituals. Um, And then another one, probably walking. I think that's probably one of the biggest rituals in my life. I just love going for walks and I can I, I always feel so much better when I do it. So, um, you know, in London, I've always loved walking along um, Regent's Canal. We've been lucky to always live relatively close to there. So um, that's always been a big part of my um, my rituals when I'm feeling good is that I go for walks. Um, and then back home in Australia, it's, you know, beach walks in either the morning or the evening. So, yeah, they're things that keep me happy and sane. That would be lovely uh, being located close enough to the beach to do that. I I wasn't um, in Alexandria close enough for a morning beach walk, but that sounds really lovely. And, yes, yeah. Regent's Canal um, just will always have a little piece of my heart, I think. It's so it's so lovely yeah. to be by a body it's of beautiful, water. beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Just, I think us Aussies are always sort of drawn to that, right? Like. Yeah. <laughs> Like you just need to have that feeling of water nearby. Totally. I used to love going to the bay, do the bay run in Sydney because you'd be right by the water and it, it, yeah, it's just so lovely. With your turning off your phone, do you have do you use like an alarm clock to wake you up or do you get up naturally? No, I definitely don't get up naturally, um especially in <laughs> London like when it's dark, you know, it's like it's light at nine o'clock sometimes in the depths of winter. So I really struggle with getting up, um, waking up in the morning here. Um, so yeah, I have one of those, um, it's like a Philips sun alarm clock. I saw it, um, on, I think Melissa Ambrosini's YouTube video channel once and, um, thought it was a great idea. So I bought one and it basically half an hour before you're due to wake up. It's the, it's got this light that sort of replicates sunlight a little bit and it starts to come on. Yeah. And it's quite dim, but the, like the purpose is that it kind of helps you gradually wake up as if you were like in the natural light. So, um, I use that, um, 
I do struggle with it though because it doesn't make a very nice sound. So, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but okay. yeah, so that's that's what I use. <laughs> yeah, that I've thought about getting something like that. I just ask because yes, we are in the market for an alarm clock. <laughs> I think because uh, yes, yeah, I always turn my phone on airplane mode, but I really like have always wanted to like not have them in the room at all. Um, just because, yeah. yeah, it is too tempting to like start mm-hmm. using it in the morning. And I always know just how much better I feel when I don't. Um, yeah. So thank you for sharing those, um, tips and, um, That's well, that. it's our final question now. And, um, this one is just, well, what's in store for Haley in 2018, as far as you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of change coming for me with the move back home and everything. So, um, you know, this year is probably going to be um, an interesting one, I think. You know, I'm moving home and I I really don't know what's in store. I, I plan on continuing my photography um, and I really hope to do um, the colour analyst course so that I can kind of get more of an understanding of um, colour psychology. You know, it's something that I definitely have, you know, as much knowledge as I can with all of the research that I can do myself, but I always love to take a course as well and just sort of like know that I've got all of the bases covered. Um yeah. So, yeah, I feel like that's definitely something I'd love to do, whether that be this year or next year, I'm not too sure. Um, and, yeah, I think for me it's probably going to be a big year of connection. Moving back home, I'm, I'm going to meet a lot of new people. Um, I'm excited to go back and, you know, start hanging out with a lot of my friends from Sydney, um, spending time with my family all of that kind of thing. So, yeah, it kind of just feels like a nice year. And to be honest, I feel like I want to – I say this now, but I feel like I'm probably just going to have like a year that where I take things really easy. So mm-hmm. just, you know, go with the flow a bit, see what happens, um, and, yeah, just kind of just let things happen a bit naturally. So. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like that sounds wonderful. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Well, I'm really excited to see where you end up and I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today and sharing all your wisdom and your story um with, you know, such an open heart. I know there'll be so many people who it will connect with and um yeah, it's just such an honor to share this space with you. Thank you for having me, Letitia. It's been so much fun and I'm so grateful that you asked me to take part in it. So there it is, my friends. So much beautiful wisdom in there from our wonderful friend, Hayley Richardson. I hope whoever you are listening to this now, that you feel some comfort in where you are and that you are exactly where you need to be. Doors are opening for you. You just need to keep answering the call from your own inspiration And one day before you know it, you will find that you are in the perfect place and that everything you have done to date has been leading you there. You can find Haley's website over at www.hayleyrichardson.co or connect with Haley on Instagram at Haley Richardson Photography. And don't forget, if you are a creative entrepreneur, to check out her podcast, Marketing with Haley, which brings you practical branding tips and insights to help you grow online. 
You'll also find the show notes for this episode over at www.letitiaringe.com forward slash Haley Richardson. And don't forget to subscribe and leave your review if you are finding these episodes to be valuable. I would also love you to join us in the Create a Life That Is Beautiful tribe for my weekly newsletter with tools, tips, and inspiration for creating a life you love, enjoy, and are inspired by, including getting access to my 21-week free program. Please head over to www.letishcharinch.com forward slash subscribe and join us. Okay, everyone, have a wonderful week. Wish me luck with my skiing and I'll see you next week for another episode to help you unlock your truth and purpose. Bye. 